Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to episode two of Vavil's Newcastle podcast, Time Warp. Today I'm joined once again by Liam and our guest this week is Adam Stennett who works for the Argus down in Brighton. Um, we're going to be looking back at that famous final day of the championship season, uh, the 26th and 17th season. Oh, driven into the back of the net! Oh, it's Matt Ritchie of all people! It's in What a fantastic hit! So going into the game, I think Liam was saying he was at the game, so was I. It was one of those games you go to it and you didn't really feel like anything was riding on it because you just expected Brighton to win. Did you feel the same? I don't know really because I looked at Villa's record and like I noticed that they had a lot of draws, especially at home, like one all or something like that. So I thought, well, there's a chance and obviously Brighton came to it losing two on the spin which isn't the form of, you know, a league champion at the end of the day. But we were the side that had the momentum, but still it was kind of like, especially once Brighton did take the lead, you think, well, they're going to go on and win this. Maybe just see out the 1-0, get a second and kid it off, really. I just, I didn't expect us to win it, to be honest. And what was the feeling down in Brighton? Was everyone kind of expecting to win it, Adam? Um, I think everyone was optimistic that they could you know, get over the line and do it after all the hard work they put in. Um, and there was, I mean, I was at, they basically did like a bean back of the game mm-hmm. um, at the Amex. So they filled up like the West Lower and did like a massive bean back. So I went to that um, and there was literally, must have been about probably about 3,000 fans there. And then whatever, the sort of travelling contingent as well that went up to Villa Park. So 
everyone was sort of pretty confident and in buoyant moods going into the game and it sort of it was just one of those nail biting games unfortunately and it didn't quite finish the way it, um we'd we'd have liked it to really was there a goal disallowed as well because i seem to remember in the first half like st james is sort of erupting because some people thought that villa had scored in it or something i don't know yeah. what yeah, it was. Yeah. I remember people celebrating at Newcastle, but I can't remember what happened. I think there might have been. I've got this funny thing. There might have been some disallowed goal or something going on, if I can remember rightly. I think. I think. Yeah, I'm sure Villa might have had something. Yeah, disallowed first half and um something or disallowed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure something did happen like that. Now Newcastle started off uh, brilliantly, uh, attacking really well, like they had pretty much the whole season. Uh, first goal was Yedlin ran down the line and crossed it in for Iose Perez, who did a really, really nice flick into the bottom corner after 23 minutes. As it was standing, Newcastle would be champions, and your people were constantly on their phones, whatever, checking the scores, and everything coming through was that Villa were dominating. And you're, you're thinking, you're 1-0 up already. Villa at home, it's a really good atmosphere at Villa Park, always is. And you think it could have happened. And it just like you said, that eruption happened at St James's when Villa got the the disallowed goal. But then it got to fifty ninth minute and Mbemba scored his first goal, I think it is for Newcastle. First and only goal for us. Yeah. That one. Yeah, I was pretty sure it was. Nice little finish, uh, on the half volley. But then it really started to change shape then. So it was in about the 60th, 63rd minute when it all changed. Nathan Baker fouled uh, when Brighton were running through on goal, got a straight red card and penalty was given. And obviously, Glenn Murray just doesn't miss penalties at all. So I can just imagine what it must have been like down at that beanback when the red card was given and then Glenn Murray scored Adam. Yeah, no, it was it was uh, very tense. I mean, there was, I think it it was sort of nail biting when the penalty was given. It was sort of well when the penalty when the incident happened, everyone was like, surely that's a penalty, mm-hmm. and they were like, well, maybe not. And then, you know, it was given, and everyone just went up in cheers. And then, as he scored, it was just literally there was just beer flew up everywhere above you. You were just literally covering the stuff. Because everyone just gone absolutely mental. So yeah, it was it was it was a fair bit of elation. It was if you know there was there was enough in there that you could have thought there was a game at the annex. There was that much noise when he scored. Uh, but yeah, I remember when the referee gave the decision. It took him a while to produce the red card. It seemed like he didn't really know what to do. So that must have been a quite a, a nervy moment as well. Yeah, well, I did think I. I a lot of us thought, well, when the foul was given, surely he's got to go because it was, you know, it was a goal-scoring opportunity. You, you know, yeah. you know, we were clear through. You had to give it. There was sort of that doubt in the mind, like, surely if if he doesn't give this, this is not, you know, this is an omen that something's not going to go our way. Yeah. And luckily he did. Yeah. And you know, you just put your house on Glenn Murray scoring a pen. And you just wouldn't, you know, he's he literally. I, I don't think I've seen him miss any in my time watching him take penalties. So, uh, yeah, he stepped up and did the business from there. Yeah, he never missed it. Remember when we played years down in Brighton that season, he scored a penalty as well. He just, mm, he just doesn't yeah. miss penalties. Yeah, he has a knack for it. Yeah. I don't know about you, Liam, when the news filtered through that Brighton hadn't only scored, but Villa were now down to 10 men 
and Villa had nothing to play for, it was almost like everyone had just accepted that was it. Yeah, they kind of had in a way, and it was it went a bit flat, didn't it? Really, the the atmosphere, of the game was just sort of like, you know, we're playing, but it's kind of like we're just gonna see the win out. It's, it could be a win just to you know end the season on a high. Really, it was like I didn't expect us to win the league and everything. Usually, when teams are down to ten, and the opposition's a goal up, you think, well, that that's short of the game over then. But it proved not to be the case in the end, surprisingly. Yeah, I remember the Barnsley fans as well, like taunting were when the news had come through that Brighton had scored, saying that we'd, we'd bottled it and that we weren't going to be champions. So it was quite ironic how that Yeah, it was. <laughs> Mimble laugh actually, just the Barnsley fans. It's like there's no rivalry whatsoever yet. You'd think mm-hmm. there was one time I looked up to the where the way end was and I thought it was almost like the both sets of fans were really going at each other. And I thought, well, this is like, it's, it's what you expect against. You know, sort of like the top teams when we get them, like Man United or yeah. a derby, really. And then suddenly it's like, it's almost like they're a team that Newcastle fans wouldn't, you know, there's no, there's no rivalry whatsoever with them. But yet, because of this banter, I don't think I was, I don't know who, if we didn't take it well or what really, but they just started kicking off a bit. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's not the end of the world. We got promoted. That was the main thing, I think, from it, really. Yeah. That was all we wanted, promotion. And I just remember when the news came through, just sitting back in my seat, totally deflated, not really bothered what was, what was happening the rest of the game. Like a decision could have went against or went forward. I just I just didn't really care anymore. It must have just been like euphoria down at Brighton. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, uh, you know, they, everyone was sort of reveling it. And as the minutes were ticking by, you were just thinking, as as soon as a sort of Brighton defender got the ball. You know, they. It was just literally clear lines, get it out, and it would. It as the minutes ticked by with you know the extra man, you just thought this is it. Um, but you always do have to worry with Jack Grealish when he comes onto the pitch that he's going to do something. And unfortunately for us that day, he did. It was a Baldock, I think, that had a chance to make it two nil. Yeah, yeah, he had like a golden chance to make it two nil, and you just thought, you know, Paddy buried that. It was game over. You know, oh, with, yeah. yeah. But he just no, there was no coming back from that. It was just it was just one of those things where you just thought if you don't, you know, I was thinking if we don't take our chances, we're going to get caught, and you know we did get caught eventually, and it it was just a bit deflating in the style that it happened as well. To happen in the style the goal did was um, was was probably the the most heartbreaking things of Brighton fans and being that it was the 89th minute itself as well. It was, because for all Villa had been poor that season, they still had some really good players, for especially for a championship team, so must have still been that element of doubt that at 1-0 anything could happen. Yeah, no, there was always that doubt, and as I say, when you've got the likes of Jack Grealish and that that can come off the bench, and, you know, there is, there is a top player and he can come off the bench and change games, and, you know, he, as soon as they brought him on, I thought, if we do not score... You know, in a in the sort of next ten fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. you know, and we start sitting back and letting them letting Villa come on to us a bit more, then you know there could be some late drama um, and not yeah. some late drama that we want to see. On Villa, especially in that kind of situation, just anything can happen when players start to get a bit nervy. Some players haven't been in that situation before; they just want the game yeah. over with. But it's just time just seems to go so much slower. Yeah, it does. It it feels like twenty minutes feels like forty five minutes, and it just mm-hmm. you just 
you know, every minute ticks by and you think, oh, is that really only a minute? And you just you just look at that clock and you think, surely the surely we're going to be okay. And then the minutes just keep ticking down. And you think, oh, well, we've got to, you know, I think when I got when we got to the 85th minute, I thought, oh, we might be okay. And then I thought, with well, you can't really, you can never really trust Brighton to, you know, hold on to things. Mm-hmm. In the last five minutes, because they do have a knack of letting it slip and, you know, just that one lapse of concentration can cost you. And unfortunately, as I say, it did towards the end. It was just the got beat by the one goal and that would have won you the title. I remember it was just a mistake as well or a lapse in concentration and just mm. break them down after that. Yeah, no, that was that was exactly it. We had, you know, we had, we had that problem towards the end of the season where it was just a couple of lapses in concentration, which really you know, killed the title bid off in, in that sense and, you know, took it down to the last day and, you know, you don't really want to be going to Villa Park last day trying to trying to get a win. It would have been nicer to go to Villa Park, you know, only needing a draw, not needing anything, to be honest, to, you know, mm-hmm. to secure the title. But, you know, that was the circumstance it was and, you know, for a large majority of it, especially when the red card happened, you thought that, you know, it would, Brighton would go on and do it and, as I say, it was just that last sort of five minutes where there was just a, a couple of lapses in concentration which let Villa have the chance they did to to uh, level it up and get the draw. Yeah, I think that's where Newcastle came into their own, the back end of the season. You look at mm. some of the wins at the the ground out. It was, uh, it was quite impressive. A lot of our more experienced players or even talented players because we had spent a lot of money that season. Then mm. Obviously, our manager probably proved his worth there, even though he obviously didn't need to, but it mm. just never felt, even when you were against 10 men, you were just like, well, that's it over and done with. You can like pay as much money as you want for players, but if mm. you haven't got the bottle for the whole season, then that's it. So, yeah. So, it got to, what, about 80, 85-ish minutes, um, and I think... The players obviously knew what had happened, so there was there was no energy really. The Barnsley players weren't really bothered; they had nothing to play for. And it was almost like everyone was just—it was like a testimonial game. Everyone just wanted it to be over. And then it got to the 89th minute, and I still I still don't know which one happened first, either the Dwight Gale goal, yeah, or Grealish's goal. Because I remember it, remember it well. It's literally like Gale scored, and it was sort of like you know, yay, we scored, but nothing. Nothing too extravagant. I'm, I'm still holding now. That I was sat in the east stand towards the Leeds end, and mm. like there was no sign of anyone saying that Villa had scored. And literally, there's this guy a few rows in front that just yelled out, "Villa have scored!" Yeah, and that's when like the big roar started to filter around. It's like I just remember like it's, I'm convinced it happened right in front of me where someone. That's where it started. I'll hold that. You know, <laughs> hold that thought. But yeah, it was because Gale scored. And everyone was like, it was a weird celebration. Like, everyone just kind of stood up and clapped. Gale was like uh, mimicking Sunderland, wasn't he? The going up, going down thing. And uh, yeah, and then you hear a few people shout, but then obviously after the false claim in the first half, everyone was like, oh, it'll just be someone taking the piss somewhere. But then you hear a few more, and then you hear people starting to really celebrate. And I just I couldn't get any signal on my phone whatsoever. My, my signal's 
My signal is atrocious at St James's Park. Yeah. Always is. Every time yeah. I go there, I just can't check anything. Uh, it was hor- it was mine was fine all game, and I got that point. I just couldn't check it. Everyone's on the phone. That's probably why. Yeah. Half time's a nightmare. I find. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't even bother going on my phone at half time. It's just pointless. <laughs> Absolutely pointless. So then I was, where I sit, I've got this old woman that sits behind us. And somehow her phone got signal, but mine didn't. <laughs> and she like grabbed this by the. Uh, like on my shoulders and was like shaking us. So I say, like, Oh like someone's a bit happy that I've scored a third. <laughs> and then she was like, Villa have scored? Surely not. And then eventually got service and says like Grealish scored. And uh, I haven't I hadn't seen St James's Park that loud or rough like that for a long, long time. No, it, it was it was something as much as had some big wins and it was kinda of like in the championship it was almost like we're expected to win every game. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like you didn't really celebrate a goal massively. I don't think maybe the only game I think was actually big atmosphere was probably that the one against Luton a few weeks earlier, where yeah. I think it was just because it was two really noisy sets of fans and mm-hmm. clubs that have obviously had a you know big history or whatever. So it's kind of like that was the only game that I look at. I think the atmosphere mm-hmm. was really good in that one. I love that video of Rob Elliott when he runs back to the goal once we've scored, and he's asking like the fans. What's the score in the Villa game? <laughs> and just see how happy he gets when he tells them it's one-one, uh, and I think that was just brilliant. Like how much the players really cared that season because I personally didn't really enjoy that season, especially home games because teams would come and just like put ten men behind the ball for the majority of games, and it was just really boring to watch. I don't know what if you felt the same. No, well, I mean, I managed to get. I didn't get to that many games that season, and I think I. Saw us only saw us win twice all season. Funny enough, mm-hmm. so it's like you know, and I, it, the games that you know, it's like that. I mean, the first one I went to the, f- the first home game against Huddersfield, and it was like then everyone was expecting us. Right, come on, let's yeah. you know, good start at home, full house, and then I mean, no one knew that Huddersfield were going to go and have the season they did have, but no, it's like that. It was nineteenth like or something the season before. Like, yeah, I know. It's like, and then the suddenly came from nowhere and got promoted through the playoffs. Yeah, so what was the atmosphere like at the Amex when Grealish scored? Because it was, obviously, was it Lewis Dunk that slid the blocker, missed it, and then Stockdale just couldn't see it? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, I think it was, I can't remember if it was that. I think it might have been Dunk or, I'm trying to think, it might have been Tamori. It was one of the two of them who were playing centre-half. Um, just threw themselves towards the shot. Um and sort of, as I say, Stockdale had been uh, brilliant all game. He'd made probably about six or seven good saves yeah. in that game. And, you know, he'd been tremendous for Brighton throughout the season. Just, I think it was whoever it was who threw themselves in front of it. Just, I, I don't know if it was, he didn't see it or I think he was almost wrong footed because he started diving the other way thinking that I think Grealish was shooting, um, the opposite side and started diving the other way and then as the shots hit he's realized he's got to go the other way and he was just totally wrong-footed um yeah. you know and it was just literally hands in the head just and just disbelief we couldn't believe it that you know to get that close to winning the title and being you know just a minute or two away from you know winning that title and just for it to to happen in that manner and you know was just absolutely soul destroying you know because you've you've been so buoyant all all game and then for it 
to happen like that and you just think, well, if we'd have taken our chance, it could have been a different game. And then you just think, well, you know, sometimes these things aren't meant to happen. And, you know, Newcastle did do, you know, incredibly well that season. It was it was an exciting season because it went down to that final day. And, you know, even that final minute to, you know, to be decided for the title. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think it was sort of a mixed emotions because it was the disbelief of not winning the title, but the sort of, still it was like, oh, we're still going up. It doesn't, you know, it's not the end of the world. One but... moment when Grealish hit that shot and you think nine times out of ten, Stockdale saves that, like, very comfortably. No, it was, I don't think it was, no, he didn't, he didn't catch it cleanly either. It was just sort of one of those shots that you just, you know, I think had... I don't know if maybe it had Dunkel Tomori, which one of the two of them it was, had thrown themselves towards it. Mm-hmm. You know, had they not done that, he might have had a clearer sight of it. You know, and I don't know if it was just an error in judgment in his part, because as I say, it looked like it wrong-footed him in a way mm-hmm. when you look at the replays of it. So he'd gone, I think he'd anticipated the ball was going somewhere completely different to where it actually ended up. And, you know, as I say, we... It was it was one of those things where you were sort of you were in disbelief, but then you just thought, well, you know, keepers being wrong footed at the end of the day, you just have to move on with it. At the end of the day, we were still going up. At least it didn't. At least it, you know, we knew we were going up before that, so it was only the sort of title. But it was a bit of, I think, disbelief to start with, as I say. But as you sort of looked at it afterwards and thought about it, you thought, well, you know, we're still going up. We're, you know, we're still going to be, you know getting promoted so it doesn't actually you know matter as much as it could have done had had there been a bit more resting on the winning you know the game or getting a result out of it but it really is just like one of those moments that you would never think would happen you've got a penalty you've scored it you're playing against 10 men you've been one of the best teams in the league all season against a very average Villa side and then somehow you end up drawing the game. Didn't matter that much because yous especially just wanted to get promoted. Whereas I think there was more more pressure on us to actually win the title. You know, it's as you say that we we were the the team that everyone expect. I think really you say about Villa. You know, I think us and Villa were kind of the two that were looking at to go back up. Really, yeah, definitely. Especially with the amount of money that we'd spent and. You know, and we still had quite us in particular had like a few players that had played in the Premier League the season before, yeah. and you know, um, and that was a a team that you know had a massive issues, obviously getting relegated in the manner they did as well. But mm-hmm. the the expectation was on us. So I think as much as you know, we eventually won the title. I think a lot of people would have been expecting us to do it easy, a lot more easier than we did. But saying that the championships a lot harder to get out of now than what it was the time before and now I think because I think it's it's just so unpredictable at the moment as well yeah I remember loads of pundits saying we're gonna get way over 100 points and it, it just doesn't work like that you you play t- small teams that it's their cup final when they come up to St James's Park like Rotherham uh, teams like that were just fighting for their lives constantly needing any points they can get and it, it's not like in the Premier League where it's normally whoever plays the best football will come out on top generally. But in the championship you just don't know what could happen. You really No, I mean no there's some teams in the championship and it's like you've just got they have the the one big striker up front and the ball just gets 
almost hoofed up to him, and it's like hope that they can do the damage. And we saw the opening day, didn't we, against Fulham, where yeah, Matt Smith, Matt Smith just absolutely you know tortured us, didn't they? And then got yeah. got that goal eventually. It's like welcome, welcome to the championship. This for us really. Yeah. That was something I had to learn. And sometimes you do get other clubs where they try and get it down a bit more and, you know, play football, which sometimes that possibly... I don't know if that possibly suited us better at times, the teams that did that. Well, two centre-backs were... It was Lascelles, definitely. And then it was switched between Clark and Mbemba, I think. We had Hanley as well, didn't we? We occasionally oh, played. Christ. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, Grant Hanley oh, is God, one season, man. <laughs> do you know he played for he scored as well, QPR, I remember? Yeah, I mean, who didn't score in that QPR game? That was just madness, wasn't it? And then, yeah. I mean, on the final day, I think we ended up having, uh, I think we had to, like, change centre-backs at different points, because I think, was it Lascelles went off injured? And then, I think, did Dummett move in, and he also got injured? Just ended up with Isaac Very Hayden playing or something. Yeah, and then I think, hey, so, you know, the final day, for example, played with about three different players in the centre-back, and it's like... Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean Grant Hanley though, especially is like is the forgotten man almost. I think I love watching the video back that Newcastle got on their YouTube channel of the final day of the season because you have the players stood in the tunnel and they can hear the fans starting to cheer when that Villa goal goes in, and you just see the look on their face like they don't really know what's happened. They're trying to ring people, check the scores. I remember our game finished first, and everyone was like just waiting for something to happen. And then obviously one person finds out and everyone just starts going mental. Like, I couldn't even check what had happened. I just kind of had to believe that the game had finished. And it was one of the best one of the best feelings I've had being a Newcastle fan was that final day. Well, yeah, I mean, in session recent years, that's like, that's the, the only form of trophy we've actually lifted, isn't it? You know, we've yeah, lifted twice. the championship twice and it's... Obviously, we don't want to be doing that, but they're the sort of moments that you have to cling on to at, at the moment because of how how we're going as a club at it, you know the current time. Obviously, we had the, the cup run this season. We don't know what will happen with that if yeah. you know. And, but that's I mean, even the FA Cup, for example, that's that's the closest we've got for some time, and it's like things like the championship. That's that's our highlights really because we haven't we haven't really done much apart from getting to Europe the once really in the last few years. Yeah, because it's not about winning the actual trophy. It's just it was about the day and the feeling that will live longer in the memory than the title. Because no one really cares about winning the championship trophy. It's quite irrelevant. It's not even classes like a, a trophy, really. No, that that's kind of just like if you get promoted, that's just sort of the 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 topping, really, isn't it? Just to get the trophy. That's yeah. like a little bonus that you take on the yeah. the final day or whatever. It's like a little like certificate or stamp of approval to say, yeah, you can go to the Premier League now. Well done. It's not something you want to show off to, to loads of people. No, definitely not. I mean, obviously with Brighton as well, like, cause there is a runners-up trophy, isn't it? And again, that's just like a similar yeah, sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, I think they only get a runners-up because I think the playoff, the playoff winner gets a trophy. So how is it fair if the team that finishes higher yeah. doesn't get given something? It's like, you know, but a runners-up trophy, you just don't hear of it normally, do you? Were people still in disbelief how Brighton had lost it, having lost, well, lost two and drawn one, but the last day of the season would have felt like a loss. And that they weren't going up as champions, or was everyone just happy to eventually be going up after coming close uh, the previous year? Yeah. Um, I think I think it was, as I say, I don't think it was so much disbelief sort of half an hour, an hour afterwards, because 
you know, having gone so close last the season previously, we, you know, fans were just like, we need to, you know, they were just like, you know, promotion, you know, let's try and bounce back, get promotion. That was what was on the players' minds, Chris Hewton's mind as well. And that was what they drilled in from the start of the season. We're going to go and, you know, get this promotion. And once that was achieved, I think had, had we got the title, it would have been um, a nice little extra. But I don't think it was really top of anyone's priority to get the get the trophy, I guess. It was more just getting the promotion, you know, and then, you know, just enjoying it and thinking what we've got to look forward to next season, really. No one's really bothered that you didn't win the championship trophy now because you're playing in the Premier League, you're playing the likes of Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United, and you're having some good games as well, so it must be good to finally be in the Premier League. Yeah, no, I think it's been it's been one of those things ever since sort of Tony Bloom's come to the club and ever since we got to the Amex, we started to gradually build the club to be a Premier League club with now the training complex at Lansing and, you know, the team that they've got now. They've got some, you know, some some really good players as, you know, Lewis Dunk's gone on to get a cap for England and, you know, is still, you know, has just stepped up this season and become even better now. He's got the skipper's armband. He seems to be leading by example. And, you know, it's, they seem to, as you say, they seem to be holding their own Brighton and they, they've they they've done really well um, in the games they've played so far this season um, with the likes of, I remember Liverpool, Anfield, that was, that was a game where you just thought, no, we're not going to get anything out of this. And, you know, when I th- when when the red card was given and then Dunk scored that free kick, um, it was just like, you know, there was chance after chance after after that for Brighton. And you just thought, actually, if we could get something here, that would seriously show that we are we can certainly hold our own if we're going to get a point away at Liverpool Anfield. That is that would be something special. And I mean, even. Even in games against like Man City, where we lost four 0 although we lost four 0 it wasn't a game. It, the scoreline didn't actually match the performance because Brighton had chances. They they did sort of give as good as they got um, with City. So it wasn't. There's sort of not really many games I think of this season where Brighton haven't really sort of not given it their all and not been and been out of the game really there's only probably been one or two I'd say they've been a bit off and not consistently off which is which is the um which is sort of the the good thing and I think fans are just enjoying the ride seeing where it goes and as long as we keep surviving in the Premier League then it's just a case of gradually now under Potter you know we've got that manager young manager who wants to you know play this attacking brand of football can we now gradually build it up and eventually sort of move up the table that way as well, gradually. Obviously, there's been no football for it seems like an absolute eternity now. But just as a final thought, if you could sum up that final day of the season in one word, what would it be? We'll go Liam, you first. Madness we'll go with. Madness. Adam? Yeah, I, I was I was thinking madness or chaos was probably the the bright probably way to put it or nail biting was probably the other word I'd use um, if I wasn't going to use madness I'll probably say I'll, I'll go with nail biting because it certainly was that for uh, most Brighton fans that day I think I would say it was chaotic how everything happened and came together I'll probably put it up there in my top five moments of going to Newcastle games just for the feeling of what it gave fans 
when you just didn't expect it. Yeah, that when you said that, it kind of makes it feel unfortunate, doesn't it? That that's what we're having to, yeah, yeah. you know, go off, isn't it? Yeah. But that that's the life of a Newcastle fan at the moment. I think you know, it's, exactly. I've been to a few games where we've got a, a big win against one of the the big sides, but it's like, you know, that's that's the only one that's actually had a, a sense of success at the full time. I think really, I was at the game when we beat Angie in the Europa League. Well, last minute season yeah, goal. You know, that again, the European run was fun, even though we did atrocious in the league that season as well. One of the typical things where you're not used to playing in the Europa League, so you play in that and then, you know, do rubbish in the league at the same time. from Wolves. Yeah, the teams Wolves that are used to it, that are, you know, and obviously you've got your regular top six, if you like, and then they always do well because they're used to doing it, I think. But clubs like us, it was all new to us, really. So I think that'll be a good place to end this second episode there thanks to Adam for coming on and giving a Brighton fans perspective on how that fantastic final day unfolded and we'll see you next time for another episode of Driven into the back of the net! Oh, it's Matt Ritchie of all people! He's in a line! What a fantastic hit! Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.